0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports.
1: Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, real-time commentary, and live sports than The Athletic. Breaking down the NFD Major League Baseball semifinals, another walk-off last night. NBA regular season is on the way, as we'll talk about in just a few minutes. And of course, week six in the NFL. Visit theathletic.com slash spot to. Day. My name is Mike Ginetti. Happy Monday. Here's the agenda. Scott Allen on the back end of the show. Big NBA preview. Uh, question marks with a lot of teams. A lot of contending teams have some sort of roster question mark. Kyrie, of course. Clay Thompson, of course. We kind of go through quite a big list here. And then uh, a breakdown of some of the biggest moves. I finally kind of in on Ben Simmons a little bit here because it's been grinding my gears. Teat, for lack of a better phrase. And the 76ers situation, I don't know, is kind of at a standstill with that. So we kind of run through each team contenders wise, a little bit of the odds, some MVP picks, and then our championship picks at the back end of this show with Scott. But first I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little NFL here it was another good week. Six, uh, good up and down week for patch Mahomes and those chiefs, the bills play tonight. I expect them to do their damage against Tennessee and kind of take Tennessee and the entire division deeper into the tank, you know, Aaron Rodgers got it done. Matthew Stafford got it done. T- you know, Brady got it done Thursday. The Seahawks are going backwards. There's some, some fascinating storylines, you know, trending up, trending down. And uh, I, I thought it was a good time to kind of settle in with all 32 teams and assess just more or less the roster, but the immediacy roster. So I did a, a piece on .com that's live now of, one major addition from this offseason, be it a free agent, be it a trade, be it a draft pick, but this past offseason, who's making the most impact for that team specifically right now to start this year? And a lot of them really kind of shone through in week six alone as well, right? JJ Watt. We're going to see Emmanuel Sanders tonight, who I think is up there in that candidacy. Um, you know, Mac Jones, of course, with New England C- certainly looks like he's the real deal. Um, just lots to do. Lots to do. So I, I looked at every every team in the NFL, one major addition. I kind of talk about it a little bit. And there's an honorable mention for each team as well. So I can actually give you two. But that's on .com right now in terms of the NFL. I'll be breaking down some mid-season stuff soon. Get back on the trade deadlines. Zach Ertz is in Arizona. That's a good move on an expiring contract. I think Arizona gets it for about $5 million plus for the rest of the season. Certainly a need for one of the best teams in football there's going to be more trades to come. You know, a couple of injuries have maybe derailed some of the thoughts that I had in terms of candidacies, but I do think there's going to be some movement in the next couple of weeks with that November 2nd deadline. So I'll be on that, both on the show and on com and on Twitter at SpotTrack. Today's edition of the SpotTrack podcast is brought to you by Balance Bridge Funding, providing cost-friendly capital solutions to professional athletes since 2015. Balance Bridge has dedicated professionals who understand the industry, and can customize a repayment plan catered to your client's situation and financial objectives. Borrow wisely, avoid broker fees, and there's no penalties if you pay it back early. Whether your client is currently under contract and needs a bridge against guaranteed earnings, a free agent looking to invest, or looking to borrow for any other reason, let Balanced Bridge take a look, provide a solution, and be a resource for you today. Visit balancedbridge.com. Scott, welcome back. Happy NBA season. The week is upon us. Finally, they're going to start on a Tuesday night, which is the essence of why the NBA is the NBA. They know exactly not to compete with the NFL, Scott. This is it. This is it right here. They, They make so many good decisions. And this is just another example of that. I have had this conversation with cousin Dan, with a bunch of other people, some neighbors, you know, these baseball playoffs. They're just, they're just doing it, whatever they have to do to get them in. They have no care about what they're up against. They're putting up ALCS game one against Tom Brady on a Thursday night. What are you doing? Why are you even trying to compete with that? This This is is the time to shine. This is when you're supposed to have eyeballs. This is when people actually want to care, and you're putting it up against Tom freaking Brady.
0: This is why the PGA pushed theirs back so that they were done before the bulk of NFL was in.
1: Everybody wants live sports, but we're not, you're not going to be able to compete with the Kings. You just can't do it. So you've got to adjust to get as many eyeballs as possible. This is where you're making your money, live sports. I mean, there's every network in the world will tell you. Every streaming device in the world will tell you. So kudos to the NBA knowing that Tuesday night's the best start point for them. And I imagine they're big games, right? We're going to have Durant. we get getting Curry. <laughs>
0: Probably not Curry, but... Okay. Or, 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 yeah, Curry. Sorry, I was thinking Kyrie. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, not Bru- Kyrie. Brooklyn, <laughs> Bru- Bru- <laughs> Bru- Milwaukee, start, and then Golden State, Lakers, to for the late game.
1: Yeah, that's what I figured. They know what they're doing. Um, Even though, you know, the eyeballs for the NBA generally don't start until around Christmas time. But, yeah, this is what people want. They want staggered. They want something every night that they can rely on. And now the NBA is given us Tuesday night to start point here. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into some... I mean not so much the numbers I don't think but um Keith has done God's work this past week and a half and I know you've been facilitating that in terms of these roster cuts these final cutdowns for for the is it is it 14 to 15 generally at this point or are they down to 12s what what are the no, rosters 14, look like four,
0: f- 14 to 15 yeah. with one or two two ways um the average of the league has to be 14 and a half so oh yeah some, yeah, it's a weird rule. But that is a it, weird
1: rule. So some teams have to play ball with others to make that work. Yeah, boy, I, that's interesting as hell. Um, all right, so that's that's been the last week, and and but there's a deadline today for rookie extensions, which is interesting because Correct. you know the number one overall pick <laughs> hasn't yet extended. And DeAndre Ayton, I think there's maybe two more who could be out there. And Keith's been uh, all over Twitter with that. And by the way, Keith has been spot on with these last couple of rookie that extension has. numbers that he did for the piece on com. So, um, you know, if you don't know, he's an absolute must follow for the NBA on Twitter and we are lucky to have him on board for this upcoming season. No question about it. I know it's made your life this off season a hell of a lot better and our numbers account for it. I mean, the, our spot track NBA salary numbers right now are about as, refined and I would say close to the real thing as we've ever been. So
0: yeah, outside of three or four <laughs> uh, long-term contracts and, or in extensions that yeah. haven't fully come through yet, but otherwise we're we're pretty spot on right now.
1: Okay. So let's talk numbers quickly and then we'll get into some roster stuff because I know there's some injuries to start the season that have some of these teams sort of, uh, well injuries slash COVID situations, right. That have some of these teams at least questioning their, their approach to start the season. But any of these numbers jump off the page at you? And we've kind of talked about who the big spenders are and some of the off stuff, but you know, where are we tax wise, where are we with major cap situations? Um, you know, which teams do you think are probably a move away still from getting themselves right? I think there's probably a team like Portland or Minnesota out there that could be doing that. Just general thoughts to start the season, Scott.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you make a good point out of the start here. There are teams that are starting with injuries right out of the gate, and some of them are significant. I mean, Golden State—we'll start with them. You know, they don't have Clay Thompson to start the season. Wiseman is not going to start the season, um, so we don't know necessarily when those two will be back. But um, so it's Curry and Draymond, and just some so young I know, kids. Scott,
1: what is Thompson's ETA?
0: I, I don't know exactly. Okay. I think it's more towards the middle of the season from the indications that I've seen, but I don't know if there's a, a, a hard time frame for when they want him back.
1: Okay. So it's going to look a lot like last year's golden state team then with a couple of new rookies that can play, right?
0: It, it is. And if clay can come back almost completely fully healthy, that's huge if he comes back towards the middle of the season because then that's really when you're pushing. And if you remember in baseball, you know, some of those pitchers that got injured in the beginning yeah. of the season, the last few years, and like Max Serzer a couple of years ago, he came in and all of a sudden, you know, it lifted the team. Similar situation could happen here with Golden State where it's like a you know, fake Clay trade deadline
1: and, acquisition. What's that? It's like a fake trade deadline acquisition.
0: It, it really is. <laughs> it, and, you know, we, we sort of see this with the load management or injury management during the season, but not for extended amounts of time. In this case, he's still recovering, and if he can come back fully healthy, I mean, that team, I, I do like that team.
1: Scott, do you get the sense that's what's going to happen with Kyrie too? Possibly. Yeah, you, you don't I need do. to speak on the politics of all that, but uh, no, I, no, I, 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 feel I just get the a, feeling situation. like there's going to be a breaking point. Where yeah. the team needs it or Kevin Durant gets in his face. You know, some something's gonna something's gonna bend here where they're just gonna say, Man, we need you. We need you know, Harden gets hurt. Something's gonna happen that's gonna force his hand. And, you know, you know, I'm not here to tell you one way or another what your your choices should be, but when it comes to playing basketball, there's obviously been a, a stance made here. You know, he's gonna have to to cross that threshold to play for the Nets. I, I just feel like that's gonna have to happen around Christmas time, don't you? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I'm rooting for it too. I want to see the guy out there. I want to see that team a hundred percent. We didn't get that last year. We got bits and pieces well, of it. And that's why it's kind of so hard to evaluate that team out of the gate. And that is the team. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the team, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And, and, and we're, you know, you got clay that's injured on a massive team. You got Kyrie. Who's a, a uh, who knows right now. Then if we go to the third one, the Clippers with Kawhi, I, I am down on that team. Some, some media people are still high on them. I am not high on the Clippers. Uh, I don't like the depth on that team. I don't, I'm not sold on Paul George being the carrier of that team. Nor should And some, some have them high, but they, Kawhi's on their books. So don't you have to include
1: Philly and Simmons then too? I mean, they're a legit contender. And he's a piece that's now a huge yep. question mark. Wait, I don't think. He's, do you think he's going to play? It doesn't seem like he's going. to... This is a hold in, in my opinion. He got wind of the NFL situation where guys were showing up and sitting on the sidelines but getting paid to do so and not getting fined. That's what's happening here, right?
0: Yeah, I think to a certain extent, yes. It's the Anthony Davis play too, yeah, yeah. you know, where he sat and didn't play and then finally had to be moved. Um, it, it, or he could go the other route of the James Harden move and say, "I'm going to play, but I'm going to be horrible be and show you how much," <laughs>
1: and then move See, me. But he can't, he so, can't do that, Scott, because he's trying to—he's trying to get to a team to be the superstar. Right. A- and and it, it's still TBD if he is a superstar. <laughs> he was drafted to be a superstar. He has shown flashes of having three of the five tools necessary to be a superstar but i think there's still teams that if they're going to give up two firsts or a legit superstar or prospect plus a first, which is probably what philadelphia's looking for, that would destroy him to go out there and be be awful. Not to mention the philadelphia community would literally run him out of out of the state. I mean, they would they would kill him, they yeah, would crucify right. him. Um, i just think he's here to make his money, sit in street clothes and be a distraction unfortunately but you're right golden state's got some sort of question mark brooklyn's got the question mark the clippers have a question mark who else contention wise is up there does phoenix have a question mark in your opinion or are they coming in kind of guns blazing
0: i I think they're probably going to be coming in guns blazing they made you know some acquisitions this offseason the milwaukee bucks they're pretty I like it steadfast. I like that team. They're deep. Yeah, they get even Chenzo back. They, you know, they brought Bobby Portis back. You know who I was thinking about this, this morning. You know who the Milwaukee Bucks remind me of? Tampa Bay.
1: The Bucks. Everyone's back. <laughs> the Bucks remind you of the Bucks. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, you know, staying status quo in a situation where a lot of teams are have these big question marks sure. or they overhauled the roster, the Lakers, we don't know what the Lakers are going to be. We really cannot assess them until December, late December to really see if that team can gel. I, I don't love the roster, but do we know I,
1: they're starting five Scott?
0: I, I do because I did. I went through it yesterday. Yeah, do you know it?
1: Are you positive? <laughs> you know, the fourth no. and fifth players.
0: No, I don't. Uh, Wayne Ellington and Dwight Howard are my, guys that I have in there but it could be DeAndre Jordan and uh Malik So you're Monk. assuming
1: Anthony Davis is not playing 5?
0: No, I have him as the 4 right now.
1: That just can't happen on this team. It can't happen. And, and and again, this is very raw
0: me trying to piece together four different sites and collaborating with Keith to try to figure out yeah. who's going to go where on this roster. Um, as we get closer to the game tomorrow, I'm sure we'll start to hear who's going to go where, but you know, outside of Russell, LeBron and Anthony, it, it, it's a crapshoot. Who else is going to go in there? It's going to, and and that's the oldest team in the NBA right now. They're at 33.9 average age, I believe. Okay. And so you're talking about a really old team. I know LeBron likes the the veteran experience there, but their depth, I'm, I'm not sold on their depth at that
1: age. Okay, so I'm going to quickly run through the FanDuel odds here. And you just tell me how comfortable you are out of the gate, this discussion we're having, okay? I guess out of 10, give me a, give me a number out of 10. How, how comfortable are you with Brooklyn right now? Because they're the favorites.
0: Um, seven and a half.
1: Okay, so that's, that's the Kyrie bump? Yeah, it is. The Lakers are second. How are the Lakers the favorites in the West? I just don't get this.
0: I I don't either. I don't don't either. I'm I'm on them. I'll I'll say four. (laughs) Okay. I can't even give give them a 50-50 for the reason I said. I I can't assess this team until I I see them gelling. They didn't gel in preseason. I get it. It's preseason, but I've got to see it work. I guess
1: because these odds I'm looking at are championship odds. They are. This isn't make the playoffs. This isn't win the, the conference, whatever the hell you're thinking about. Right. I have all the confidence in the world that Russell Westbrook, LeBron James and Anthony Davis in some some fashion, right? Some sort of rotation are going to be a top four seed in the West.
0: Oh, absolutely. I have zero
1: confidence that this team right now, without having seen it in person, you know, can, right, and can get where, through a playoff series.
0: Right. And that's where I, I, I'll label it as the, the four that I said, because. They're going to be in the playoffs if they're they're healthy because at least two if if you have two of That's those right. three that are playing it's a similar situation to the Brooklyn Nets but I think Brooklyn Nets have a deeper roster and a younger bench than the Lakers so I I feel more comfortable saying what I did with the Nets than I do with the Lakers.
1: Bucks are third. I think we're both very comfortable with the Bucks. Yep. Maybe nine. Warriors. <sighs> They snuck in with, a, with basically just Curry last year. They did. So. If Clay
0: know. comes back and, and Wiseman can come back with
1: growth. But we can't count that now. We're, we're, we're speaking now. I think, yeah. I think so, they're probably a five for me.
0: Yeah, five, five it's and a half. It's incredible five, that
1: five, they're six, the fourth six, highest championship team according to FanDuel right now. Fourth. Second in the West. This is ridiculous slander to Utah and Phoenix, in my opinion. Ridiculous oh, slander.
0: Absolutely. And, and if you look at Utah, they almost did nothing as well this offseason. Yeah. You
1: know, they were they, content.
0: they were very content, similar to what the Milwaukee Bucks did.
1: You know what? You know what they were this year? They were the Denver Nuggets last year. We said this about Denver coming into last season, which is, did they sit on their hands too much? Did they l- fall in love with who they are too much? And they did slide back, but they did have an MVP. <laughs> Right. I mean, it, it kind of worked out as they thought it was going to work out. They just couldn't make the playoff run. When Jamal got hurt, that was it. But if Jamal's not hurt, is that a top 2 team in the West? I think it is. So, oh, why are we that... saying this about Utah? If Conley's healthy, if Donovan's healthy, if Gobert's healthy, is that a better 3 than LeBron, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook right now, Scott?
0: I think so but I think the reason that the Lakers are still higher is because of the pedigree that LeBron has what Anthony Davis. They have, they've proven themselves to get to the championship. Whereas Utah, they get to the end and sort of fizzle out sort of that Denver has done for these last few years. That's
1: right. That's right. Um, I'll just give you the West now. Lakers, Warriors, Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are would, 25 to 1. Yeah. My guess is, let's, let's draw the line there in terms of contenders, even though, well, let's, let's include the Heat in the East. That's, that's the last 25 to 1 team. So everybody else is you know 30, or, 30 to 1 or plus. So I wouldn't cons- consider them legit contenders. Denver's got a question mark, right, with Jamal? They do. Okay. Do the Heat have a question mark? Is the question only, is Kyle Lowry going to be that piece? right yeah most likely they're healthy they're signed they're kind of well built for a two three year run here aren't they
0: they are they are they are for the most part you know they have some decent experience on their depth they have marquette morris that they brought in we'll see what oladipo he's playing on a one-year prove it kind of deal um so if tyler hero can go to the extent that he said this offseason that he is worth what Trey and Doncic and, and those guys are, then if he can prove that Miami could be a, a very good dark horse team.
1: Okay. This is why I love this team. And I'm going to bury the lead on, you know, my thoughts later in the show here. What you just said is the easy route. If everybody kind of does their job, I think they're built to built to win a championship. I really do. But if they don't, and there's something off in the middle of the season, Tyler Hero is a trade chip. He's no longer Absolutely. a requirement on this roster in this current window because of Lowry and because they've extended Duncan Robinson to kind of sit on the sidelines and shoot balls. He's a trade chip that can bring something back, not just the draft pick. You know what I mean? Like he can bring back a piece, a contention piece, to fix a problem this season. So I love him in, in both directions. And the fact that they're 25 to 1 to me is tasty. <laughs> I can tell you that right now uh, because the East has problems. We've talked about this. Milwaukee's stable. Brooklyn should be stable enough. So those are your, your big boys, of course. But Miami versus Philadelphia, that's neck and neck to me. That's, that's totally neck and neck to me. Without Simmons, did th- this team do enough to fill a the blanks to replace Ben Simmons for the regular season, Scott? That's the next question. Like, do they have enough of a roster to be a three seed in the East right now if Simmons is on the sideline, taking up a roster spot, by the way?
0: Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, and what are we they, talking
1: they, about here? Maxi, Seth, Curry? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, right. it, it's Tobias a good Harris, roster, and you're, they, but you're they, relying they on NB to be an absolute MVP. He's going to have to be a healthy MVP for 75 games, you know? Yeah,
0: they're they're going to ask uh, Maxi to step up, Thibault to step up. Yeah, um, which is why Morey wants a haul for Ben Simmons. He wants to get, you know, something legitimate because he knows his window is is now for the most part. Um, you know, they did extend Joel Embiid, but you know, they, they they've. They've got to win now with what they have on their roster, whether Simmons is there or not.
1: Scott, do you agree with how this Simmons thing has gone from a Philadelphia standpoint? I mean, let's take the the clutch part of it out for now because I understand how difficult that can be to deal with. But has Philly done the right thing by kind of putting their foot down and saying, we're going to do this on our time? Because I'm thinking about the other trades the pre-Daryl Morey trades in Philadelphia, right? Markel Fultz, and right. all of them, all the first round busts that they've had. And there's been too many, unfortunately. But that was more of first available. Let's get it out of here. Let's just, let's wipe our hands of this. We've got to move forward quickly for the betterment of this team. They certainly didn't max out on any of those, you know, they didn't max out on a Markel Fultz trade. Let's say that, let's put it that way. And, I have to say this, honestly. Is is Ben Simmons in that much of a better place than Markel Fultz was? Neither of these guys can uh, shoot the damn ball, Scott.
0: I'm gonna say yes because of the defending part. Okay. Ben Simmons is a lockdown defender. Okay. So I'm gonna go with a yes.
1: So then is that enough then for for Maury to be doing what he's doing? Because he's playing major hardball. He's playing Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey hardball here. He really is. Yeah, and
0: I think they have the right to with how much is left on that contract.
1: But is he going to get what he wants? Because if he doesn't, Scott, then he's really pissing time away right now. It's going to circle back to the point we were talking about, which is I'm not sure this roster is good enough to be a top three seed in in the East right now. And if he's and and if Ben Simmons holding in is is the reason that they don't have that piece, that third piece, or even that second piece, quite frankly, then they're pissing time right now.
0: Yeah, I think they're dragging their feet for a, a specific purpose, and that is all of the players that signed in the offseason have a trade restriction of December 15th That's a great point, or, Scott. or later at that point. So right now, a great point. over half of the league isn't even movable because of an extension or because of free agency. So they want every
1: playing, option possible, right? They want right. all if those restrictions to be lifted.
0: You have to wait because the pieces that you may want can't be moved. And there's no reason for a report to come out. Oh, they're going to trade him to so-and-so team for this player because it
1: it can't happen. Wait, hold on, though. Isn't this like December 1st for a lot of these restrictions? December 15th. That's freaking bonkers. Can you imagine this thing going that long? It's
0: going to have to because he's not going to get the pieces that he wants unless you're you're trading for someone that is – in that other 25 to 30% that are probably superstars on other teams, then maybe, but if you're looking for more depth or or something else like that, plus picks, you're going to have to wait because like I said, you can't aggregate the players together until their restrictions are
1: lifted. I I don't know if I can do that. This team's too good. They're not great, but they're too good. And I'm not sure they're good enough just kind of holding this piece along because why, they will get a roster exemption if they suspend him for more than what, five games or something like that, right? They'll get a roster spot that opens up eventually, but for who, for a two way yeah, player they, uh, off the G league, you know what I mean?
0: Right. They would have to suspend him for a, an extended period of time. But if he's holding in and he's just sitting on the bench and saying, I'm not going to play, I'm not dressing. Uh, that's suspendable. It could be definitely. absolutely
1: no question. It's suspendable, but, but again, you're not going to be replacing him with CJ McCollum that way, which you probably could right now.
0: But if, it, but if you flip it to Ben Simmons side, you, you've obviously already seen that Philadelphia is willing to call your bluff. Yeah, okay. They did. So you have to go back and say, do I want to sit or do I want to play and sort of showcase myself in the first half of the season that I, I have grown in my shooting
1: abilities. I, I just don't understand his side of it, Scott. And I, and I'm, I don't think you do either. You know, what, what, is there anything less attractive to another team than a guy who's afraid to play? He's afraid to play. Because if he, was, if he wasn't afraid to play right now, if he didn't want to go out there and show everybody that he really still can't shoot, and I, I hate to be this negative about him, but this is not player empowerment. That's not what this is. He got to- he got called out for being being bad in a big series. Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan was on this team, Michael Jordan would still be talking about how freaking bad Ben Simmons was during that series out loud to the media. That's just yes. what what superstars used to do. Okay, and I realize that that's kind of off limits now. And I realize that the coach should probably never do a public, but he did. Doc Rivers did it. Joel Embiid did it because he was bad. Okay, the things that they needed him to do, he didn't do, and he's. He's sitting home on his hands now saying, I'm not going to do it again until another team gives me a chance. That's just, that's not player empowerment. That's a whole different word that I don't want to say out loud right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if I'm, I don't even know. What's the favorite? Is it Houston? Is Houston still the favorite for this guy? Minnesota is probably still a favorite for this guy. Minnesota is probably a favorite, right? What the hell are they going to do with him? Why is that better for Ben Simmons? How is that empowering your career by going to a bad team? How? How is that making your life better? You're on a good team right now. And if you could just figure out a couple of things, you could be a major part. You're right. Defensively, you know, from a rebound standpoint, this could work. Now, he's way overpaid, but that's not his problem. That's Philadelphia's problem, right? I, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. I would love to see this kid fix, f- figure it out. I, I go back to Fultz. Fultz started to figure it out in Orlando before that second injury, Scott. Yeah, he, he really started to figure it out, and it's because Philadelphia did right by him, put him in the treatment, put him in, you know, both mental and physical therapies. They got him back on the right track, and then they were able to get a decent draft pick for him and got him out of town. And now he's he's there. You know, Orlando can let him cook a little bit once he heals up. It's very possible Ben Simmons can do this too but he's not letting that happen now. He's not showing the rest of the NBA that he is willing to go through the steps necessary to get his NBA career back on track. This is the complete opposite of what I would want if I'm another GM looking for a player. So you think you're getting two firsts for me for this? No way. Because that guy's not even showing that he wants to play basketball at an NBA level right now. Not not as a complete player. So I hate it. I can't stand it. I uh, I think Philadelphia should copy it as soon as possible, get the best Possible point guard slash shooting guard out there, and maybe a first or a second to go with it if somebody's willing to give it up, and and just move on with your life because the rest of this team is good, and and Embiid's a legit MVP candidate as we'll talk about here in a second. Um, that's the to me obviously it's the biggest question mark of any of these rosters. Kyrie's up there, but Brooklyn can sustain not having Kyrie for three four months in my opinion, without even a blip on the radar. Milwaukee's built the, the Lakers just have to prove that all those weird you know savvy vets can figure it out from a gel standpoint the warriors have to hold out until clay's healthy utah's just got to be utah phoenix just has to be phoenix and paul george just has to be a superstar and there's your contenders in a nutshell that's it yes and and now we move down to the second tier quickly before we move on scott dallas atlanta both showed promise you know boston's always going to be in the conversation so is portland (laughs) barring a major trade And then I guess I put Memphis in this conversation as well because of the superstar of John Morant. Any of those teams break through this year into the teams we just discussed as as kind of contenders?
0: No, I'm going to have to go with Atlanta. Yeah, they're getting disrespected here, man. Yeah, they are. Their three Um, off
1: seasons have been outstanding. I know you agree with that. Can you extrapolate on that a little bit? Because I know you love the GM work that's happened there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're building around their superstar. They paid him for the future, so they've locked him down. They brought... John Collins back, you know, Gallinari, they, uh, extended Clint Capella. Uh, so they like the roster construction that they have and, and they're deep. They have a Lou Williams who has experience. Um, you got a Kevin Herter, uh, they drafted Jalen Johnson. They, can, they, I, they, can they, I
1: give you a uh, name you haven't mentioned yet? That has, sure. that, that kind of rolls into the conversation we have with the warriors and the nets. I, I think Deandre Hunter
0: yeah, who missed so he much of last point. year
1: is going to be that free free agent. Yeah, it's going to be a name and a player out there that they didn't really have last year. That's going to immediately make them better. I mean, that's a guy that can really put them over the edge from a defensive standpoint, from a from a, a rebounding standpoint, you know, a paint standpoint. That's the guy. That and they still have done nice work in terms of adding pieces and, like you mentioned, keeping their own. Well, but and I think that's Cam the players, Brett's you're right, and Cam well. taking a step forward. That's what those two players got probably make them a much better than 40 to one team. Don't you agree with that?
0: <laughs> oh, I completely agree with yeah. that statement. Um, I, I'm not so high on Dallas still. That's another team. I, I've got to see it work. I got to see KP, yeah. uh, do something more. I mean, he's that unicorn, but he's still always that, that player that's floated. Are they going to trade him or not? You got the new head coach. Is that going to gel with Doncic? They brought Hardaway junior back. Sure. Um, So
1: doesn't it just feel like like OKC with Westbrook, man? Doesn't it just feel like, man, can't wait to watch him. Can't wait to watch Luca all year, but just don't know, A, if they've built enough around him or B, if you can build around him. Is that a fair statement at this point? Does Luca not seem like a player who is not gelling well with anyone?
0: Yeah, it seems that way. It does. It sort of seems Harden-esque when he was on Houston. They they tried so many combinations mm. with Harden to get it to work, and they they got close to the end a few times there. They just couldn't finish it off. And Dallas is, I That's think they're going to have to do some some tinkering with that roster to to really figure out what is going to be the best thing and is. Jason Kidd going to be the coach that allows him to get over. I, I'm not sold on Jason Kidd. He's been to two places now, and I, I haven't been sold. So we'll have to see. Otherwise, that team is, for the most part, this a very similar team to what they've had in the past. I, <sighs> the, the, the interesting question, and I think you missed them when you were going through the odds here, is you know, the Chicago Bulls at plus six thousand. I, I I'm not them on sold purpose, with them. guy. <laughs> and I and I figured that was the case. But the, the reason I I'm, I'm mentioning them is Portland at plus eight thousand, they're always they're always there. They have a slow start, it seems every year. And we always and I've said I know the last couple of years, pump the brakes on them. They'll figure it out. Hmm. And they usually do and they squeak in at the end. I'm not sold on their roster completely, but I from an odd standpoint, I feel that they should be above the Chicago Bulls because we we don't know if that roster is going to... Can I, can I give to, you...
1: Can I push back a little bit? Devil's sure, address? Yeah. I have to think, if I'm sitting in Vegas' shoes right now, making these odds, I agree with you. The trends always say Portland starts slow, except for this year, Scott, if they do start slow, they're going to trade somebody. Good point. I think that's exactly how this rolls. If Good December point. 1st gets here and they're... Whatever you know, well below 500, as sometimes they've been. I think McCollum's gone. So, and then there's no getting you know up to eighty one, eighty to one odds. So, I, I look at them going backwards. Chicago's just a year away from me. All these new pieces have to gel. It just doesn't happen in one year in the NBA. It doesn't. It, you can't throw a super team together or a mini super team together from the free agents or trade standpoint and, and hope it just works in one Lager, year. Lager,
0: Lakers tried that first year of LeBron, and look yeah, what happened. Disaster. They didn't make it.
1: And he put so much on his body that he that he literally broke. So I, I I just don't think that's that's a this year team by any regard. I think they're I think the fact that they're ahead of Memphis is and honestly the Knicks is crazy disrespectful. The Knicks have pedigree. The Knicks added good pieces, you know, which should be complimentary. They you know they pigeonhole Derrick Rose with Kemba Walker, which sounds like a train wreck from an injury standpoint, but it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do right now is to build up with, with savvy vets. Not not unlike what the Lakers have done to some degree, but I think the Knicks are unbelievably disrespectful. Now, they're not going to win the title, so who cares what their odds are for the championship? But if if this is what Vegas is telling me, that they think the best teams are in the league, and the Knicks are below Indiana and the Pelicans and the Bulls and the Grizzlies, that's a no for me. And I understand the East is difficult, yep. and that's a lot of this, but... I think the Knicks are, should be just as good as they were last year, if not a tick better. So uh, that's yeah, why it, I glossed over the Bulls. I think they're an afterthought by January 1st.
0: So you made a, a very valid point in there. There are a lot of teams in the East yeah. that are play-in worthy, sure, but they're not really good to elite. So you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to be fighting towards the end. So the the games at the beginning of this season for that middle of the pack, you know, the Knicks, the Washington Wizards, the um, Chicago Bulls, those are teams that they're going to want to win games out of the gate as much as possible to get themselves to an advantage as they get closer to that play-in. Um, I think it's going to be a slugfest and because it's going to be a slugfest, I think those are the teams that you may see make a move at the trade deadline. If they feel that they are a winner in contention for a deep playoff run, you know, if the Knicks see that what they have is working, but they're, they're one piece away, they may package one or two of those pieces for another player. Um, the the Bulls, I think they're probably where they are. They they want to see does this roster work for keeping Zach Levine for the long term. I I am out on the Indiana Pacers. I've seen some people have them as high as uh, a six seed. I am not sold on that roster. Um, we'll, we'll see what Rick Carlisle can do there, but I am not sold on that team, and I am not sold on the Toronto Raptors. They have a young team. They some pieces, you know, I, I believe Siakam's going to be starting off injured. So that could hurt them sure. in the long run. But I think depending on how things go in this long, full season that they're going to have for the first time in a long time. Uh, Two really may- great
1: point, Scott, where you're going here, which is basically we've been sitting here for 20 minutes talking about contenders at the top. And I think we, we both would agree that that probably has already sorted itself out. <laughs> right? The real regular season is going to be the seven and eight seats, the nine and the 10 seats. It is jockeying it is. for position jockeying for, you know, home home court advantage to some degree. Um, and you're right. That's where the moves are that the deadline moves are going to come from. It's not going to be the Bucks unless there's an injury or the nets. You know what I mean? It's going to be the Knicks, the the Pacers, the, the Grizzlies, the Celtics. Those are going to be the teams either trying to go backwards because they know they're not for real or, or they know their window has closed or trying to add a major piece to get themselves up to the sixth or the fifth seed. And out of, you know, that, that, that kind of dire situation is the playoff situation, a good thing for the NBA, because the, the, the the opposite of this is teams that are sitting nine, 10, 11, 12 are selling to contenders, you know, make the rich richer. That's the old school way of that's how Mm -hmm. most of those sorts operate, right? If we're not going to be third, Let's just sell. Let's let's cut some cap and cash and sell. That's probably not going to happen anymore. You're going to have 12 teams, if not buying, considering buying, in a, in each conference. Do you yeah. like that approach from the NBA now? I I do,
0: and I'm gonna, I'm going to add to that the fact of the extensions that we've seen and some of the the roster moves that we've seen over the last 18 months. I, I think teams are realizing cap space is an illusion and we're going to make the trades for players that we want to potentially keep long-term, not necessarily to sign in free agency, but if you trade for them a year or two ahead of schedule, you can do what the Atlanta Hawks did in extending Clint Capella or what Boston did with giving an extra year to a Josh Richardson. Um, So I, I think teams are starting to realize that they need to operate one or two years ahead of schedule so that they can see, do we like this player? Can we extend them long-term? Because if you extend them based on the math rules that the CBA lays out, those are players that you could potentially flip at a trade deadline in a year or two after the fact. And not to
1: crap on them too much, right? That is what the Bulls did with Butchovich too. They got oh, two and a half years, you know, left in his contract. He's going to be a piece they want to see for a year or two before they think about taking, keeping him long-term. So they, they did start their process early. I, and I don't hate him. I think it's a nice roster just a year away from me. That's why I glossed over him from a, from Which, an odd standpoint.
0: W- but from an odd standpoint, remember, we all thought Hawks. Atlanta yeah. was a a, <laughs> a year away.
1: So if, if you really like, but does that team roster- have a Trey, Trey young though, Scott? That's what's missing to me is like a surefire he, major ceiling guy. I mean, Demar right. Derozan ain't it, man?
0: <laughs> no, he isn't. But from a a depth construction, or um, do they have the pieces that they could potentially at a trade deadline? There you go. Make make a move to better them because the restrictions have been lifted. Th- that that's a possibility
1: for sure. SGA. I mean, Bingo. <laughs> At some Maybe. point, they're going to have to cut bait in OKC, right? It's going to have to happen. It, you would think yeah. with the
0: way they're going, unless they're going to use all of their assets to bring in two superstars via trade. Sure.
1: Um, sure. So it, it, I think... Isn't that the best part about this league, Scott, is that we can joke about these trades, but they freaking happen. I mean, <laughs> I mean everybody is on the trade block. We're, we're 48 hours from the start of this thing for everybody starting their first game. And we're talking about which superstars might be on the move in six to 12 months because it happens every single year. It is the most fluid, most fun league for transactions, for roster building. You're right, the cap is stupid in this league, but there's so much else. I mean, you can sign a, a future Hall of Famer for a $5 million exception in this league. It happens all the time. You know what I mean? So there's just so many ways to creatively build a roster. It's why when somebody like the Hawks comes around, you have to acknowledge it as much as possible because they have built a superstar team via the draft, via trades, via restricted free agency, via unrestricted free agency, via waiver claims. They've done it all. They've done all their homework. They've hit lightning in the bottle two or three times here. They're sitting on the outside looking in right now, but they've got a really good chance to be top four in that conference. No question about
0: Ooh. it. Which is if you are watching ro- roster construction and the future of teams, if you look at the bottom of the, the, the landscape of the NBA, yeah. you know, you mentioned OKC, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, all those teams have bottom odds. But if you look at the acquisitions that they've had mm-hmm. they they've gone via the draft, they, they're getting young, but then they're going to set themselves up that, they can go out and potentially acquire those veterans i think to that's cleveland lift their roster
1: i think that's what cleveland is awkwardly trying to do by building all these big men pieces right big men move at the deadline all the time that's generally what teams need for their stretch runs so you know they they've got mobley who's a star let's just be frank about what that kid's going to be he's a star but they've got two other big big men that that could move and, and love and possibly jared allen even though i love him too and then they have got an extra point guard in Sexton they can move. They're building themselves now to have a an embarrassment of young riches, for yes. wh- which is what you're saying. It's the only way possible. No superstars knocking down that door in free agency. It's not happening. Well, you know, it, it, it's not happening in Cleveland.
0: No, it's not. But at a a team like Orlando, yeah, you know, you have Cole Anthony, bringing Suggs. They extended Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. They've got Gary Harris. They extended last offseason, Markel Foltz and Isaac. So they obviously like the players that they have. It's just a player development situation that they need them to gel. And then if they can get to the point where they need that extra jump to bring in a superstar, they have players that they can certainly package together. And I think similar situation could be said with Oklahoma city. If you have SGA, if Giddy ends up being as good as, some of these scouts really think he's going to be, and you have Dort. They have pieces that you could move to bring in some other veteran elite presence into that. Plus they have all those draft picks that they're going to have to use at some point. So I, I think it's interesting from a roster construction, what we've seen, we have, you know, build from the draft, build young versus the Lakers where you're building, It's the
1: the mid-market versus major market uh, situation, you know? Yeah. Cleveland can only do things one way. They don't have the option to go out and do it three or four different ways like the Lakers do, you know? They're not going to be able to make, you know, to to draw Anthony Davis, (laughs) you know, the way that they did. They basically single-handedly ripped him out of his other small market town because they wanted him. That's not what the Cleveland Cavaliers can do, so... It's a very one-track situation for those kind of teams, the Orlandos, the Clevelands, the Detroits. And it's just a matter of who's drafting best at this point, isn't it? It is.
0: It, it, and scouting as best as you can, yeah. player development. I can't stress the player development aspect because if you can develop some of those players, then, I mean, we've seen it. That you ship some of these players out. It, you mentioned Philadelphia and Fultz and you know, Michael Carter-Williams. That's and, right and New Orleans Noel, I think at some point, you know, they had all these players, but they obviously didn't have a very good player development situation for those players because the, you know, Fultz went away. They did whatever they needed to maybe Ben Simmons, the player development for him is not what they need to. I know they brought in the fr- uh, free throw specialist in the off season. Obviously he wasn't there to probably get the advantages of it, but being said, player development is is crucial because they do not necessarily have what baseball has and what the NHL has let's where talk about you it. have that minor league system. Well, let talk about it
1: because I know and Keith I, and you have had some really nice conversations about where this might be going, Scott, and let's finish off with this. You're, you're right. You know, for these small market teams, it's all about finding that lightning in a bottle or, or developing, you know, seeing something in somebody that maybe another team doesn't want to take time with, but they take the time to develop a certain aspect of a player's game that makes them viable, tenable in this league. And the G league is really kind of close. It's close to becoming a true minor league system. I know you and Keith have kind of gone back and forth. Are we going to get there like a true up and down minor league system in this NBA? sounds like it's being talked about. And depending
0: on where the new CBA goes, I think that there is a a good chance we would have to get to most likely every team having a G League team. Uh, There's a few that that don't have a one to one affiliate right now. Uh, So if we can get there, I think we will see some potential shifts in how the draft goes. Expanded draft, sure. Expanded draft where, you know, if those players towards the back end are just you're acquiring their rights to go to your G leagues, similar to baseball or hockey, where you draft them and you throw them down there to get the experience, and then you can bring them up, and and, and that may eliminate that two way deal. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, you bring them up, you get hit with a cap, you take them down. You're only getting hit when they're up.
1: Welcome to my world, so, transactionally, so, bud. R- Pro right, rating I, every two thousand dollars up down. <laughs>
0: right, and so if we get to that point so be it it's going to be obviously more work on our end yeah. but i think from a player development standpoint i i think it would help from a standpoint of all of the transactions that keith and i had just processed over the last three days yeah. are 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 bs kind of transactions they're signing waves just so that you can have the rights yeah. to have them on your g league so you're it, it, You're signing a guy, we're putting in a contract that says they're a one-year, $925,000 contract, but then immediately being waived because non-guaranteed and all the language and whatnot. I think that's an antiquated process at this point. To sign a minor league
1: contract, right?
0: Right. There shouldn't even be this, sign them to a major league contract, and then you're getting the rights so that they can go into that. It just seems ass backwards. Mm -hmm. So I think from that standpoint. And the the fact that we're going to potentially have high school players being open to being drafted, you know, you open up uh, the age, bringing in more outside international players. If you, if you want your league to grow, you have that minor league. Yes, you may not necessarily know them, but if they're being pulled up and getting one game experience, because, you know, you're, you're so many games up in the playoffs and you want to get those guys experience next man up situation, but let's have at it. I
1: love it. I love it. And I don't, I don't think it's too much. I think the NBA has tried to be simple, you know, and not having the minor league system. It's just, you know, we want the best 500, 600 players in, in the world, and we're not going to worry about the next level of that. But I think we're at a point where we have to, because I don't think this youth movement that they've had is an anomaly and you know, we've talked about, is it cyclical? Is, is it going to come back to where it's just superstars again that kind of dominate, you know, you know, the, the older vets, we had a good 10 to 12 year run there where it was just 32 year olds plus who were dominating the league. And right. we were wondering when that next crop was coming. Well, not only is it here, it's dominating. There's like 15 young kids in this league right now who are going to take this league over for the next decade and a half. And I don't think that's going away. That's why they're going to let high schoolers, Get back into this draft that's why the college game is evolving so much because they know can, can, that the nba is dying for 19 year olds now they're no longer you know hoping that th- the 30 year olds can maintain their their careers till age 40 and sustain the marketability you know t- we're all rooting for the 21 year olds trey young the lucas you, you know the, the morants we the, the zions that's where we're going with this uh, league can we can we go there real quick yeah can we go to the Zion conversation? Oh, I was trying so, to I was trying to a- avoid it because I think it might be an absolute disaster. I I do
0: too, but I think it's worth a 5-minute conversation here. You're right. Financially you bring, speaking, it actually the, is,
1: Scott, if you're going to go that route.
0: Because if you bring if you bring in the the high school aspect, if the high school aspect was still in play, Zion would not have been at Duke. Maybe that was good for him, maybe not, you know, I, the injury situation with Zion is is imperative, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Um, the guys that I listen to have brought it up, uh, but from a global standpoint, if he continues to have these issues, is he even going to get an, an extension? The answer is probably oh, yes. It's yes, they, like they have to. New Orleans is going to have to. Yeah. But if you're New Orleans, aren't you? Aren't you questioning do you really want Zion for the long term because of those injury histories if if so I think we may have we may see significant negotiation issues like we're seeing with Deandre Ayton right now with with the Suns because the the Pelicans they're going to want to put something into that that language like they did with um Joel Embiid in in Philadelphia where there's, you know, minutes or games or whatever it's going to be based on uh, the injury history that Zion has had and the fact that he has had continual issues and you break you break your foot. It's then again he, he blew out a, a sneaker in in college. I, I, it would be interesting to see is it his body and if he would have been able to come out to the NBA as a high schooler versus going to college and then going to that process, where would he be? But I hope he does not end up where the injuries are just so much that we end up with a Greg Oden. Where well, I've got a different name a for you.
1: I've got a different name for you. And I'm, let's finish with this. To me, it's Blake Griffin. Um, okay. Who's who was a year older than Zion when he came into the league. Played out. I mean, it was it was a different time. It was 2009 and 2012, so there was no like rookie extension. You know, technically there was, there was. He got one. He got the 30 percent rookie extension eventually, but he played out his four years of his rookie contract. Then I signed a five for 95, and played out four of that before being traded to Detroit. So he got eight seasons in <laughs> with LA, but that's an LA team that had significant pieces around him. And they had championship pedigree around him. Right. That's not New Orleans. That's not even close. In fact, New Orleans literally took four steps backwards this off season, basically right. eating shit for two bad moves. They made last off season, something we never see in, in professional sports. We David Griffin basically said out loud to the rest of the world, I screwed up, man. <laughs> Sorry. I got to fix this right now. And he did. So kudos to that. But to me, that's, you're right. The injuries are a huge part of the Zion conversation, Scott. But the the placement of where the Pelicans are as a as a contention window or a even just a a build a rebuilding window, I think they're going down, not up. And and they're a year away from Zion's you know club options and then extension window. Oh, extension next offseason. That's yeah. offseason. Yeah, you have to offer it if you're New Orleans because you have to give yourself a chance. If I'm Zion Williamson this is it. This is the first guy. This is the first legitimate number one pick that says no. This is it. And I realized that the injuries, the injuries may tell him otherwise. He's going to have parents and uncles and aunts and cousins and, and friends and a- certainly agents telling him, no, no, no. You just take that money. We'll deal with everything else later. We'll get you out of there. That's fine. But this is the one situation where you could just say no Get yourself on the open market and his marketability, not his basketball sense, his marketability is going to be just fine to get him to the market he wants at the price he wants. At some point in time, you know, we saw this with Durant to some degree going from Golden State to Brooklyn. There's going to be a point in time, maybe every two, three seasons, where you got to pick your spot. You want to be that free agent because there's going to be no free agents. You know what I mean? And you can use sites like ours to, to kind of read those tea leaves. What's going to be the perfect window to get myself in where teams are going to go bonkers cap space wise to try to get me specifically because nobody else is doing that anymore. It's all sign and trade BS, right? You know how this works. Correct. Yep. Zion has a chance at age 24, by the way, to be that guy in that window with nobody else around. I think he's got to do it. And it's not the right business move, by the way. The right business move is just to take the extension, let your agent go out there and you know, fire up a shitstorm on Twitter, right? Like everybody's doing these days in the NBA, Scott. And then just get yourself wherever you want to go. The problem is New Orleans can just say, we're sending you to Houston. We're sending you to San Antonio. They can do that. There's no reason they have to play ball. I and, still don't and- know why they played ball with Anthony Davis and sent him to L.A., I would have sent yeah. his ass to Boston in an, in an hour and a half. The one place he said out loud, I don't want to go. That's where I would have sent him. I don't know why teams aren't pushing back. They're trying to have these phenomenal relationships with these agents because they feel like they have to continue this path in order to get the guys they want. It's kind of a messed up system from a team standpoint. But New Orleans does not have to play ball with Zion if, the, if he signs that extension. They can do whatever they think is best for them. And I think Zion should say, forget it. I'm just going to cut losses here. I'm going to bet on myself financially, and I'm going to get myself to the open market so I can pick the team. So I can say, I want to be the Clippers next Blake Griffin, or I want to be the Knicks next whatever. I I think that's where we're headed here. And and I wonder your quick thoughts on that, Scott.
0: Yeah, if you didn't bring up the trade, I was going to play devil's advocate with it. it. I'm afraid if they get to the extension part, he takes the extension, we will be down the Anthony Davis route and then it's just it's gonna be a nightmare because every, everything's gonna focus back on the Anthony Davis situation. Now you have Zion situation.
1: I, I in what, part regard, of me says, what what are you kind of saying there? Are you saying it's just too bad of a look for New Orleans?
0: It, it's a real bad look for yeah, New Orleans. To have to be to have to be Ferris Bueller's day off for groundhog day, whatever you want or yeah groundhog day uh, again. Yeah. If you're New Orleans, you you really have to read the tea leaves in the next 6 months because if you feel that he is going to do that play of I'm just going to sign the player uh, the qualifying offer, I'm going to move to that not sign the extension
1: Oh, I'd by the rather, way, I'd oh, oh, by the way! Oh, by the way, new change. CBA, huge cap jump at the right. exact same time we're talking about here. Right. So everything's kind of coming together nicely for Zion at that point.
0: I, I'd rather, I'd rather New Orleans say, "All right, we see the tea leaves. We don't want to be in a situation with the Anthony Davis situation again. Yeah. We don't want him to just play on a one-year qualifying offer." and then potentially have to do a sign and trade or lose them just outright to cap space. And that, that could be your cap spike there. That could be the situation where if they, if they are banking on a sign and trade so that they at least get something back, they they could be left in the dark completely. If there's enough cap space that a team can just outright sign him a cap space. So if you're the Pelicans, you really have to read these tea leaves as well as possible so that come trade deadline,
1: this, season see but it's never going to get there scott it's never going to get there because the conversation you and i are having is being had in new orleans every week and this is. is this is what they're saying if he says no next offseason, we trade him next off season you got to trade him under term you can't let it get to the qualifying offer and then free agency no first of all he's not good enough right now he he, he can't single-handedly make this team better Right. You know what I mean? He's not that kind of player. He needs a number two. And, and, and maybe Ingram is that guy. I don't know. I don't think anybody really believes that yet right now. You know, even though they're projected to win 39 games somehow on FanDuel. I, I mean, they're, they're projecting it basically to be Memphis <laughs> FanDuel right now, which to me is bonkers. But, you know, I got I to see it to believe it. But I don't think what you just laid out is ever going to happen. Because I think they just trade him either next offseason or next trade deadline.
0: Yeah, in, in a in, blockbuster. In that- yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. If he doesn't sign the extension, then you can just trade him yeah. going into that trade. Uh, unless you feel that, you know, if the, the medical staff feels like it's just going to be a reoccurring injury, yeah. you know, that, that it's a lot of collaboration between all the pieces. Right. In, is in he tradable thing. is maybe
1: another question we should be asking. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Is he tradable? But if, if your medical staff says he's going to, he's going to continue to have, yeah. foot injuries or he, he you know we we've we've seen and heard everything with, you know how he runs and how the, the power that he has on himself if the medical staff feels that it's just going to be reoccurring you may have to cut ties now and see you know if if you can get a haul now for him because of the name zion williamson mm-hmm. then and i do not fault the team for doing that now if zion ends up figuring things out Great. But again, this comes back to the player development that we talked about. And I know we spent more than five minutes on this, but the player development is huge with him, you know, including the medical staff. Look at what Golden State did with Steph Curry. They worked on his ankles. They made him stronger. And now look where he is. And when he first came into the league, he couldn't stay healthy. His ankles were were giving out and he was having leg issues. Whatever they did, they did the right thing because now look at where Steph is. New Orleans, they need to bring in whatever staff they need. If they think Zion it's a is different animal,
1: wrong, though, Scott, this is a I, I, much bigger body frame to work with. This I is a understand. much the, the the style of play is just so conducive to these kind of injuries—knee, ankle, foot. But, I mean, it's just, I unless he learns or, or you know. Allows himself to play a more casual style, which none of us want. I, I, I have to think that this kind of violent injury stuff is just always going to be there. Don't you agree? I, I, I know what you're saying. You know, and, and medicine has come such a long way. I'm sure, and rehab and and you know the the this Pilates and stuff like that. That's all a part of this conversation. There's no question. But I think it's game style, unfortunately, with him. And I just don't know that the league can sustain that kind of player for a decade anymore. It's a it's it's a violent freaking sport out there. <laughs> right.
0: And and I agree. But I think if you're New Orleans, you have to do whatever you need to do to find that one in a million athletic trainer, one in a million medical TB12. You know, guru that can come in and think outside of the box with Zion because Zion is a player that is outside the box. We've seen him for three years through high school, through Duke, You have to bring someone in that is going to think differently with that kind of style, that kind of power, because we haven't seen that athleticism with that power. Shaq had the power, but he didn't have the athleticism that Zion has. Um, So a lot is riding on what that front office can do to figure out what they want with Zion. If if they can even move forward with him, they, they have a lot to figure out. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I, I, I've heard it come up a bunch. And I think it's it's worth talking about because of the the options that he may have, whether the extension, the qualifying offer, trade him and, early. And I think the
1: more we talked it out, I think it's less about him. I really do. It is. I think it's it less is. about him the more we've talked this out, Scott, because he's going to miss a month minimum. They're not even going to check his foot again for another two and a half weeks. So he's out. I mean, he's out indefinitely at this point, which means that team's going to be freaking bad. They're going to be bad for a month. So if they start bad and they've already were bad and they're already kind of rebuilding off of last year's off season, this team's already going backwards again. I mean, it's more so than I think we've even even discussed. I, I I don't know what to do with this one because I I love watching him play. I don't care where he's playing. I don't care that he's in new Orleans right now, but he's got to be on a contender. And, uh, and contenders by the way, are, are usually deep enough to be able to handle these kind of guys. Right. Right. right? Yes. That's why Blake Griffin can work in Brooklyn because, because he's going to be protected to some degree. He's going to have so much he court have protection. To be the guy. He's got he to have, have to a more singular role. So maybe Zion can't be a five tool freak superstar because of these injuries, but he can still be like a, like a, you know, a, a two headed monster out there doing paint work and and efficiency and, and, you know, whatever he has to do to keep himself on the court and healthy. But I don't think he's long for new Orleans, however it happens, whether they do it, I can't, it's not going to be this year, but if we get to contract time next year and these discussions are identical to what we're having now, new Orleans has to really consider it. They really do for the betterment of themselves, you know, get, get what you can get, get back into the draft and start over again unfortunately, because free agency didn't work last year. <laughs> Trades didn't work. You, you, you traded away. Drew Holiday, a player that every team wants now. Every team. Uh, to me, you, you're 0 for 2 in terms of the past two off seasons. And mm-hmm. This is going to be... I think this is going to be what the result is. You're going to lose your superstar. But this time, yeah, it's got to be th- on their clock, not Anthony Davis. And,
0: and That's why I brought up the trade. If you feel that you are going to lose him no matter what, then whether it's this season or next season, yeah. you need you need to get what you can back because, you know, you alluded to, if there's a cap spike, there's a chance that they lose him outright in a free agency if he, he doesn't sign that extension.
1: Give so. me your picks, sir. Who's going to the championship?
0: I'm going to go Milwaukee because I like how deep their team is and they're Tampa Bay
1: Bucks ish mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Denver this year. I'm going to give us the most boring championship in the history of... Well, it's not super boring. I mean, the East is good. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm going Miami Heat, which is okay. pretty good. Yeah, it is. And I'm going Utah. Boring going teams with, get it done every now and then. Yeah.
0: You're, you're going... I, I, I thought of Utah. I know I've done them for what, the yeah. past two or three years. It's time. I figured, I figured I, it is time. It's time. But I think Denver's in that same, same conversation, so I'm switching it up this year. Okay.
1: Miami, Utah for me, say it again, Denver and my, Milwaukee for you? Denver, Milwaukee for me. Okay. No Lakers love, no Chris Paul love. Phoenix isn't going to be bad though, right? Sustainable, just they don't have the playoff luck. Yeah, but... but I think Chris I mean, Paul got, gets hurt at some point too.
0: Yeah, I think that... that Unfortunately, could that's just part of his career. He got, he got through last year pretty healthy, if I remember correctly. So that might catch up with him this year. Um, got to throw. you, Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to throw this out there for MVP odds. I was looking at them. Um, unfortunately, I can't bet them in Virginia here for some goofy reason. <laughs> but um, James Harden, yeah. plus 2,300, I, I think he he has a track record of – Not getting injured, and and we'll take the workload. If Kyrie's not there, Durant, if he has some injury issues or needs to sit for some reason, I'm going to go with Durant for the MVP odds. I I think it. I do think it's going to be Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think Milwaukee is going to get over them.
1: I mean, you know, I'll say this to kind of go along with the rant I gave you 25 minutes ago. I have no ties to the team whatsoever, really, the city whatsoever, especially as a Mets fan, but. (laughs) However the Ben Simmons situation unfolds, and I I imagine at some point he just will not be a part of this team come December, like you mentioned. I'll be rooting for Joel Embiid in that team. I'll be rooting for Embiid oh, as an MVP candidate and, and that team as an Easter conference contender because it'd be it'd be a real nice kind of you know F you back to that whole situation if they can really do some things this year without oh, we, without him. You know what I mean? Because yeah I, there there were faults on both sides of this. But I can't stand the way that this soft season has gone from Sittman's standpoint. I can't stand it. Well, and I think
0: if if Embiid didn't have the injury stints that he had last year, he would have been MVP. He but was. I know a lot of yeah. I, a, a lot of people that had a vote or a say in it, they went with Jokic because
1: he was there the whole season. More games played, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff by you, man. All right, have a good one. My thanks to the Athletic. Check out the athletic.com slash spot track forty percent off your first year subscription. And check out balancedbridge.com for all your financial solutions today. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.